everyone, today we're going to be talking um, about it more of a serious matter. So today we're going to be talking about I had been really, really into cases which when, where people went missing. And I'm not going to be talking about cases which went missing recently because like people who went missing recently because I don't want to make uh, their family upset and remind them of the incident. So we're not going to be talking about that. Even the people are missing, guys, please give them a little respect. Please don't make fun of them. I'm not saying you are not going to, but there are some people out there who make fun of them. Please stop. Because, you know, even they went missing a lot ago, they're still humans and these actually happened. So, yes, I just want to bring awareness for that. So, yes, today we're going to be talking about that. Yep. So, um, I ho- hopefully I am going to be talking about four most well-known unknown cases. So, first one is Amelia. Uh, Amelia Earthhearts, today we're going to be talking about. So, human disappearances have been happening for centuries, leaving the people around them with many future generations grappling with questions of what exactly happened. Here are 14 cases of unsolved um, disappearances and missing people that are captivated in the world. So the first one to this day, no one knows exactly what happened to the pilot Amelia Earhart and her navigator during their attempt to uh, circumnavigate the globe. Here's what we know, Earhart Earhart and her navigators Fred Noonan were attempting to fly around the world when their plane disappeared over the Pacific Ocean on July 2nd, 1937. Since then, not a trace of Earhart, Noonan, or their plane has ever been recovered. The most widely accepted theory is that their flight ran out of fuel and crashed into the ocean. But there are plenty of conspiracy theories out there, ranging from wildly unlikely to semi-plausible. One theory recently gained the attraction due to a photo uncovered in this National Archives. The picture appeared to show a woman and a man that looked like Erhard and Noonan on a dock off the coast on the island of Saipan. Some people believe this photo was is proof that the two were captured by the Japanese Japanese military, something the Japanese military summarily denies. The second one is the Anne-Marie Fahey, when missing in 1996 and has never been found, though a man was tried for the convicted of her murder. Technically, the case of Fahey's disappearance has been solved, but her body was never found. Fahey was 30, year old, 30 years old at the time of her disappearance. Three years later, in 1999, her boyfriend married lawyer Thomas Capano was found guilty of her murder. According to Delaware Online, Capano shot Fahey while she tried to break up with him, then dumped her body in the Atlantic Ocean, having put in a cooler. Both of Capano's brothers admitted they helped him get rid of the evidence, one of them even helping them to get rid of the body itself. According to Delbert Online, they both ultimately testified against him. Another one of Capano's girlfriends admitted to buying them a gun. Capano was convicted and sentenced to death, which was later overturned and converted in life in prison. So the thing is, in all of these, like, 
strange things happen so till this day we do not know what caused fahey's death a lot of people and a lot of people of fahey's family said that fahey was doing totally fine with him um at all totally fine with capano but suddenly one day capano went came crying to their house and said that she was about to shot him and they then she he shot her but still till this day um uh, fahey's family still believe that something happened the night before fahey and capano's anniversary which caused them to have a big fight and that is why capano has shot him but that is just a conspiracy theory but we don't even know when is their anniversary so we don't know what happened so capano was convicted and sentenced to death which was later on and converted to life in prison he died in 2011 So the third case we're going to be talking about is Mara Murray emailed professors that she'd be missing class for a week due to de- a death in the family in 2004 and was never heard from again. Murray was just only 21 years old when she disappeared in 2004 she was nursing she was a nursing student at the University of Mass- Massachusetts Amherst and emailed her professors that she would be missing the next week of classes due to her death in the family due to a death in the family there had been no such death in the murray family the last time she was seen on the side of the road was after her car had allegedly skidded off a bus driver told police that she had offered to call for help but she said she uh, but he said that she replied that she already called for roadside assistance the bus driver got home still felt like something was off and called the police anyway by the time that the authorities arrived murray was gone and a accident series about her disappearance brought the case back into the limelight and theories around as how to be why she disappeared from intentionally disappearing to getting lost in the woods encouraging a dangerous animal so um there as actually a movie like this in 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 telugu in tollywood which is called hit hit um if you are a big fan of thrillers and suspense uh movies sci-fi go check that out with subtitles if you are english or hindi um that movie is like this there's a girl she normally goes and she goes out and then in the middle her car runs out of gas but in this case um moray was actually uh skidded her car skidded and it uh, occurred an accident and then a man a policeman comes to her and asks if she wants any assistance but she says that uh, no i called already and then they again come to and when the parents again come to her she will be gone on the highway so yeah still this day nobody knows where murray went or how like how did she disappear so so the next one we're going to be talking about is natalie holloway went missing on a school trip 
to Aruba in 2005 shortly after she graduated from high school. The case ignited an international media storm. Holloway's case has been picked apart for years. Ever since her, to- her 2005 disappearance, she was last seen as at Aruba nightclub the night before she and her classmates were supposed to fly back to U.S. Her parents were notified that she was missing when she failed to show up to her flight home uh, and within a few days, Holloway's family was on the island. On the prime suspects in Holloway's disappearance is Joran van der Sloot, one of the last people to see Holloway alive. He was arrested multiple times in conjunction with the case, but he was released every time due to lack of evidence. Over the years, van der Schoot's story has changed multiple times. Van der Schoot is currently serving a 28-year-old prison sentence for the murder of Peruvian Stephanie Flores. So till this day, nobody knows where Natalie went and where Natalie went missing. A lot of people are even suspecting Van der Schoot because he was the only person who saw her again alive and he was also a murderer at the time so a lot of people suspected it was him but um it turned out he wasn't due to a lot of lack of evidence um her body was nor found or she was uh ever found again so the next one we're going to be talking about is tara calico never returned home from a bike ride Calico, who was 19 at the time, told her mother to call the police if she wasn't back from her bike ride by noon on the day she went missing in September 1988. Calico never returned from her ride and was never seen again. During her ride, onlookers shared that they saw a truck following Calico and harassing her. Though they thought it was her friends playing a joke on her, all that was ultimately found was Calico's broken Walkman on the side of the road. Almost a year after her disappearance, a suspicious Polaroid was found in a Florida parking lot over 1,000 miles away from where she was last seen. The photo shows a young woman and a boy bound with her mouths taped shut. Calico's mother believed it was her daughter. The FBI, on the other hand, was unable to verify whether it was her or not her because her mouth was shut and um, she, her eyes were also shut. So her mom was believing it was her, but due to lack of evidence again and uh, the facial expression, they weren't able to find if it was her or not her. So the next one we're going to be talking about is Vermont's Bennington Triangle continues to confound authorities. So Paula Jane Velton disappeared in Bennington Triangle in 1946. Between 1920 and 1950, at least 10 people mysteriously vanished in a patch of woods surrounding Glastonbury Mountain that has been dubbed Bennington Triangle. The uh, the name was coined in 1992 by Arthur Joseph Citro, according to a website dedicated to the Triangle. Disappearance include tour guide Middle Midi Rivers in 1945, college student Paula Weldon in 1946, and an eight-year-old Paul Jepson in 1950. 
So, a lot of people had claimed there was a mysterious, hairy, bear-looking man surrounded when Paula was camping there. And a lot of people also had, a lot of people, again, um, who were um, camping there also with Paula, uh, right beside her, had seen the uh, bear-looking man whenever they came there. And a lot of people even don't know so now that uh, also in the 80-year-old Paul Jepsen in 1950 when he went missing, a lot of people saw that uh, the bear-looking man was in the woods, woods, and there was a bag on his shoulder which was looking really heavy and was also looking like a boy can be carried in it. And they heard screaming, so a lot of people also suspect it's Paul Jepsen, but we still don't know because till that day, till this day, a lot of people went missing uh, in the Bennington Triangle. So the next one I'm going to be talking about is Amy Rowe Betchell vanished without a trace during a run in 1994-97. Betchell went missing during a run on July 24, 1997, which police know as her car was found near a running trail she frequented. Her car and and an eyewitness who claimed they saw a woman who could have been Betchell jogging was all the evidence there was. Six years later, a watch similar to the one Betchell owner was found in the area, but it was impossible to connect it to her. According to Vermont Country Sheriff SGT, Roger Rizor, the lead investigator, there is just one person of interest, Betchell's husband, Steve, who has seen since refused to take polygraphic test. In my mind, SGT Rizor told the Billings Gazette there is only one person that i want to talk to only the person who has refused to talk to law enforcement and that's her husband steve bitchell maintains his innocence and was able to provide an alibi for the time of his wife's disappearance while her case remains open her husband declared her dead in absence in 2004 so we don't know if she was murdered or she was kidnapped or she suddenly fell off the cliff because it was around 3,000 feet up in the sky so we do not know the next one we're going to be talking about is sherry lynn marler went to grab a soda from a grocery store vending machine and was never seen again on June 6, 1984, Marler was 12 years old when she went into town with her stepdad, who had some business to attend to. Marler was thirsty and asked for some money to get a soda from the vending machine. She was supposed to meet him back at the truck. She was never officially seen again. Accordingly to Charlie Project, Marler was seen three times over the years, but none of these sightings have been verified. So the next one we're going to be talking about is Morgan Nick Six appeared, appeared, disappeared from a ballpark in 1995. So the strange things with these is a lot of them are national parks or like parks. What is wrong with them? So Nick was last seen on June 9, 1995 at the ballpark in Alama, Arkansas. She had been there with her mother but had left her side with two friends to go catch lightning bugs. 
According to a timeline compiled by CBS affiliate Fine News, she was last seen emptying sand from her shoes around 10 p.m. that night. Around the same time, a red truck pulling a white camper van was seen driving away from the park, which was seen suspicious. Just a few days later, two more young girls were almost abducted by a man matching the description of the driver in Alma. So the next one we're going to be talking about is Mary Baraka. So the reason why I'm not ta- like giving any reasons for this is because you don't know. Because I'm just, I don't know. I don't know what opinion to give. Because there are so much less evidence you can't even say, you know? So the next one is Mary Badraco disappeared from her home under mysterious circumstances in 1884. So around uh, the time in nine, uh, eight, 1984, their people, uh, their house was offering $50,000 as reward if she is going to be found. So yeah. Badraco's car was in her driveway with the side mirror smashed and her wedding ring and her car keys were on the kitchen counter, but she was nowhere to be found. According to her husband, Badraco took off with $100,000 in exchange for their home. The two were planning to divorce. No evidence of the money has ever been found. However, the, and her husband didn't report her missing. He claimed that she had left her life her job and her daughters behind to start a new life. But Draco's daughters convinced the police to classify the disappearance as a homicide and there have been tips throughout the years, including a potential Hell's Angel connection. So the next one we're going to be talking about is Jessica Gutierrez was taken by the man with the magic hat and the beard, according to her sister. The four-year-old was kidnapped from her bed on June 6, 1986 in South Carolina. Her sister Becky told authorities that the man with the magic hat and the beard took her last night as their mom frantically searched their home. I need to find my daughter. Gutierrez's mother, now 60 years old, told the state in 2017 that I don't know how much time I have left. So the next one we're going to be talking about is the Sauter family that caught fire in 1945 and four of their children escaped. The other five were never found. So on Christmas Eve 1945, a fire broke out of the Sauter home. On their nine children, four escaped. The house burned down completely before the fire was able to put out. And the other five children were nowhere to be found. Not even the teeth were able to be salvaged. The fire chief at the time concluded that the fire had not been hot enough to melt a bone, and death certificates were not issued. Were issued. That claim has been challenged over the years. Other theories claim that the Sauters were target on organized crime, that the fire had been set intentionally, and water that had been usually propped up against their home and had been stolen. Years later, Jenny, the Sauter ma- matriner- matriarch, received a photo in the mail captioned, Leave Sauter, one of her sons who had been ruled dead. He was nine years old at the time of the fire. The living Sauters maintained the 
that their siblings did not die in the fire and that something suspicious went down the Christmas Eve. So, I actually have an explanation for this one. So, I actually watched a video on YouTube. If you want to check her out, Jessie V, go check her out. So, the solders before that night, the five children who were missing, um, who, who were um, named dead at the time, were actually asked, asking their mother and their father to stay night at the light because it was Christmas the next morning and they were waiting Santa to come and to see if Santa was actually going to come. Um, and then her mother said that you can only stay up late for some time if you close the doors, close the windows, um, walk the dogs, and turn off the lights, turn off the fans, and then go into your bedroom and sleep. So they all agreed to that, and they stayed up late that night. So um, around that night, the children, her mother went to bed. So around 1 o'clock in the morning, they got a phone call. Her, her mom got a phone call, and she lifted it, and there was a woman that she doesn't know and asked for somebody and her mom said it was a wrong number and then she laughed a laughed and it sounded that some people were crying in the back and a lot of people were trying to escape and that is the type of sound that came and the woman was suddenly like shut up and she uh, hung up the phone this was a little suspicious for her and then she went to bed around four o'clock in the morning she heard something on top of our roof which sounded like some people throwing balls um some type of balls on top of her roof and then she slept ignoring it after some time she had had fog and then she woke up her husband and saw and what they saw is her house was filled with fire and they immediately rushed to their kids rooms and they got out but after they were counting the kids only the four kids were found and the other five were never found but it was already too late and the father was going uh there was actually a ladder a really long ladder uh, which was i think long as the top of their house uh was there and he decided to go by that and try to bring the children but when he got there there was no fire there was no ladder at all and then he was like uh he like he went to his both of the vans and then he he thought he would um uh got upon one of the van and go into the children's room and got them out but the both of the vans were not working so their house burned down and but after a lot of people were examining the house they found no skulls because if a fire has to burn down or melt down a skull it has to be there for around a whole day but the fire was only for an hour but there were no remains of the kids so after they still think that the kids are still alive and the suspicion of there is that was the lady uh, on the phone kidnapped their kids or the shouting and the crying in the back was actually their kids and and the balls which 
the sound of the balls throwing on top of their house was actually fireballs. Uh, their neighbors even claim till this day that there were uh, some type of little fire thingies flying from the sky onto their house. So a lot of people think this was, uh, this was do, uh, done intentionally. A lot of people think that this was done to do the harm to their family. Or the kids just ran out before the fire. And also the creepiest thing is that the when the mother went to look for the f- phone last night, um, she saw that the doors and the lights, the fans were nothing were off. She just thought that the children were too sleepy and they went to sleep. She did not check she off the lights and she closed the door and she went to sleep. But what happened, we still don't know to this day. Because I feel like maybe the woman or the children were actually running out of the door or the woman was taking the children from the door and also you know the neighbors still say that a red van that had arrived on out of their house which was red in color which was um really suspicious but don't know till this day oof so the next one we are going to be talking about is a mysterious passenger on a flight to seattle demanded two hundred thousand dollars and then jumped out of the flying plane all we know is that he brought a ticket under alias db cooper in 1971 a man casually drinking a bourbon and soda on his flight to seattle passed a note to a stewardless explaining that he had a bomb in his suitcase and requesting $200,000 in $20 bills. As soon as the flight landed in Seattle, he received the money, let the other passengers fly off, and demanded that the pilot take him to Mexico City. But before he reached it to the southern, southern border, Cooper shockingly made the choice to skydive out of the plane at 5,000 feet in terrible conditions, wearing his normal pants and loafers. It was likely that Cooper did not survive the fall, but not, not the, nonetheless, a manhunt was on. Cooper, which was probably an alias, was never found into the T-16. The FBI officially stopped investigating. So the next one is Lauren Spear was last seen walking barefoot around her college town at around 4.30 a.m. on June 2011. A missing person poster of Lauren Superior 20 is posted on signpost outside her apartment building in Bloomington, Indiana on Tuesday, June 7th, 2011. Superior's disappearance was unusual in that her entire night right up until a few moments before her disappearance was uh, trackable via security cameras. The 20-year-old Indiana University student went out with her friends during a summer night in 2011 and was never heard from again. She was last seen at around 4.30 a.m. leaving at a friend's apartment. Her boyfriend reported her missing after she left her phone at a bar and a bartender began responding to her desk. Um, 
yes guys that is it for today um we um i feel like we should respect all of them because till this day we're never found again and i feel really bad for their family and every single person of this is real and this these are real stories that happen in the 90s and i feel super bad i don't know why but i feel interested and i want people to know these type of facts i don't know it is interesting for me so yep guys i'll see you later bye